Hello, everyone. Welcome to Small Biz Tips. Um, geez, five, six, seven years ago, I met this gentleman. I was blown away by what he was doing in the digital marketing space. Uh, we stayed in touch and we just recently reconnect. And I was like, oh my God, we got to have you on the podcast. Jay, what's up, man? Jubair, how you doing, man? Good to see you uh, again. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for jumping on. So before we go into all the details, right, who is Jay? Oof. Uh, my name's Jay Malone. I am, uh, I, I've been running a consultancy for about 14 years called New Haircut. And now I am running a new venture, <laughs> as if one wasn't enough, a new venture called wow. Passive Products, uh, Passive Profits, where I'm helping business owners learn how to grow their businesses with digital products like courses and ebooks and toolkits, things like that. That's awesome, man. So let's talk more about that, right? Because a lot of people heard of digital products for years, but it really uh, seems like it really got super popular when COVID hit. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that. You know, how was that experience for you when you got, you know, started with that business? Yeah. So I'll tell you my story. So um, mm -hmm. I had been running a consultancy for 14 years and I struggled with sales Um it's a complex set of frameworks and methodologies that I was doing for big businesses. So getting in front of them was, was tough. And maybe like, I don't know what the percentage of business owners that don't have a sales background, but I struggled. I really I didn't know. I didn't have any formal training, didn't know what I was yeah. doing. And what I started to dabble with was without really, it's right before COVID and I didn't really have much experience doing it, but I was like, you know, I bet there's a way that I can package up the training that I do for mm. clients to like to give it to prospective customers so that I don't have to always show up. So I was really solving a problem for myself because I was on planes all the time. I was away from my, my kids, my family. Wow. And I was like, I just want to I want to almost um, outsource this job that I'm doing to a set of tools and templates and resources. So I don't want, I don't always have to be there. So yeah. I, I just basically started assembling them into a package of things that I could uh, give out to the market. And it, it hit, it, people started to request them. Um, and then COVID came. So I, for, I was fortunate in, in the sense of timing COVID came and all of my traveling stopped anyway. And I was like, well, okay, this is fortunate because now I can just give people wow. access to these courses and templates that I've created um and it's it, it started to take off uh that's and then timing I think, I, th <laughs> I think what happened too was a lot of other folks that had nine to fives and maybe mm -hmm. they had side hustles they started to like look into ways to keep themselves busy or just yeah. like create new 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 income streams and they started to do the same thing um so you had like the rise of the solopreneurs and the creator yeah. economy. so like all these things culminated and came together at the same time and it just really took off I'm curious, um, when you're a business owner and you're in the B2B space, for example, like you mentioned, it could be very challenging getting in front of the right people. Tell us more about uh, examples, maybe. How did you guys use those digital products? Like, kind of give us, what, what was it, that first digital products, that second digital products that got mm -hmm. people in the funnel to like end up buying that bigger item? Yeah, what I wound up creating was something that I called a toolkit. 
I think other people just would refer to it as a course that just had downloadable materials that you could use to, to then like take action on what you, you learned in the course. Mm -hmm. Um, for whatever reason, I called it a toolkit, but before I knew what that toolkit was going to be, I had been teaching a framework that I, I used inside of corporate innovation teams. And so like the ability to package a service into a training, it's like productizing a service. So it taught me about how to package something that I had been doing and selling as like a, just a, um, a manual service. So that was almost like the, the training itself was a bridge to the toolkits. And then as I started to experiment with the toolkits, it became a reason to reach out. So at first, yeah, I had no idea what to charge for it. Mm -hmm. I was giving some of them away to past clients and saying, Hey, you know, we work together. Um, if you need some additional help, I know that it's tough to work right now during COVID yeah. and all that, but like, Hey, I created this thing. And if it's helpful for your team, you know, use it, give me some feedback on it. And that, that actually started to nurture old relationships. Mm. They'd be like, Hey, you know, I took a look at that thing that you created. It's too much for me to use, but like, I'm going to give it to my team. They might have questions. Can we like set up a, a, a lunch and learn a Q and a session? So wow. I started charging for those Q and a sessions. And then eventually they'd be like, you know what? You just come in and, and do that thing. It's it's too much for the team. They're too busy. So I was like, wow, this is actually like a, I, I wound up <laughs> building a lead magnet. So I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing at the time, but it No, it that's amazing. So that it's, I'm glad you're talking about that because a lot of business owners need something like that, but they don't have it or even think about it, right? Because sometimes you hear the term lead magnet, but you don't really know what it means. Like nobody explained to you what that is in internet terms. So you calling that course a toolkit and providing that for free to some people, give you feedback, and then then starting charging because now it becomes what like a revenue stream because you have several things you can do with it, mm-hmm. and then you get the big products in the back end. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 wild how it worked out, and then. <clears throat> Along that journey, I read uh, Turning the Flywheel by Jim Collins. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is what I've been doing this whole time. <laughs> this is the thing. Um, you know, because like it had always just been, but I thought a lead magnet, first of all, the lead magnet, the term lead magnet felt, it felt tricky. It felt slimy. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like something that was something that I could do. Yeah. But then I was like, well, hold on. I created a thing that I've been charging five and six figures for that I'm now giving to people. That feels really valuable. Yeah. And then as I started to get feedback and made the product better and better, I'm like, I could charge for this thing. So yeah, it had this like dual of dual win for me. It was it was both a brand builder and it started to create new revenue streams, which were genuinely passive income streams. Waking up to see a straight notification <laughs> that someone spent 250 bucks on something that I built a year ago. I was like, this is awesome. No, that's fantastic. That's what everybody wants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, t- it takes a lot of work up front. That's the, that's the hard part. And that's the thing just to go into like the challenge behind it was I was selling these services for five, six figures and putting all that time into a product that sold for a few hundred bucks or would create a relationship a year from now that would turn into a new client, it gets hard to justify putting all that time into those things that are not your core flagship service. But then you get that dip and you'd be like, oh crap, I got to scramble. I got to sell, I got to market, I got to do all these things. But in the background, 
that toolkit has just been out there working, working. for you the whole time. Yeah. And yeah. Like, you know, it, it's, it's like another uh, salesperson that just sell, keeps selling itself over and over again. Yeah. So I think a lot of business owners, that's something they definitely should be doing. Um, I'm curious throughout that whole process, you building this up, uh, you know, you share some of the lessons you learned. What were some of the mistakes you made that you're like now going back? You're like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think charging too little for mm -hmm. the stuff you create because you get, <clears throat> it's an experiment, right? So like, I think it's better to don't blast it out for a super low cost, try to get people in the door. Um, yeah, the thing yeah. that I would do differently with future toolkits is I would just like target specific people that I'm trying to work with and use it as a, a free lead magnet, be really clear about the value of it. Mm -hmm. And then once you understand what it's worth to people, then put it out into the market for, mm -hmm. you know, for something that you feel like is, is as Alex Hormozzi puts it, right? Like, uh, it's like a value that feels stupid saying no to. Yeah. Um, so, you know, price experimentation is, is a tricky thing. I just posted yesterday on LinkedIn about a price hike strategy that I found, but I think I also overthought pricing. Mm -hmm. I thought I needed to be like a pricing guru. I think mm -hmm. you'll, with enough experimentation and talking to your customers, you'll get, you'll get some feedback on what is, seems like a, a, a reasonable cost. Plus you start to see what alternative solutions there are to your toolkits and eBooks and products that are out in the market. One thing you said, you, you said a few times is you keep talking to your customers, mm -hmm. you keep asking feedback. Do you have kind of like a, a framework on how you go about doing that? Because I think a lot of business owners are not doing that. And you know, they're missing out on a lot of opportunity because of that. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk to a, a lot of, like, I come from product. So yeah. strategy and research and, and like customer centricity is kind of like part of the ethos of, of the world I come from. When you talk to, um, you know, a lot of business owners about like research and talking to customers, they'll say like, well, I talked to them. I showed them, you know, I showed them my product. I showed them my service. I'm like, well, that's not talking, that's pitching. That's not like research. You're just kind of like pitching your solution. And if they don't need it or don't want it, it's going to yeah. be hard for them to give you that feedback because now you're you're pushing on them. So I always encourage people to start with just like the problem that you think you're interested in solving. Ask them like, do you have this problem? How do you solve it today? What does that look like? Tell me about the last time that you had it. What did you do about it? What worked well? Mm -hmm. You'll hear You'll hear, yeah. first of all, you'll, you'll hear if you have an opportunity to talk about something that you offer. If you don't, then you don't have to like, you, you don't like come out as being pushy sure, yeah. and assumptive. And if you do hear that, you know, it'll just be a natural part of the, of the conversation where you can say like, well, you know, would you like some help with that? I have this thing and this other thing. And that's where I like having uh, like a low cost digital product because it's, it's a bridge, you know, like, mm -hmm. Hey, here's this thing. I'll give you a discount on it. I created it. It will help you with parts one, two, and three. If you get stuck or if you want to, you know, do the rest of it, I'm here to help. And we can talk about that later. Now, how important is it to follow up with that? Because a lot of people will just get that for sales and they're just happy with it. But it seems to me like you're really good at following up on that end to, to get the bigger mm -hmm. sales and build those bigger relationships. Yeah. Um, well, it, uh, on the outside, it, may, it might appear that way. I'm just good at systems. So what I actually did was, okay. and actually it was a challenge that that was a, a blind spot to me. 
I did exactly what you said. I launched the product and then just like one by one, as I remember it, I would reach out to people, how'd it work? What'd you think about it? And then in the platforms that I used to create these toolkits, these like creator platforms mm -hmm. for the toolkits, I used one called Podia. There's Teachable, okay. Thinkific, Gumroad, pa uh, Patreon. Yeah. Most of them come with some kind of like automation sequence. So you yeah. launch the product and then I just saw this yesterday. Dickie Bush talked about having 20 emails to mm. remind people of the problem that you're solving, how it helps, pitfalls that they're going to come into, and then just like straight sales, like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, three days left of 50% off. But building that onboarding sequence as part of your launch really takes a lot of the, the heavy lift off of you having to remember to, to reach back out. And then what you can also do too is that gets people into a, a, a cadence of hearing mm -hmm. from you. So now as you build your next product, you can yeah. put that into your automation streams. You can cross sell to the next thing that you've built. I love helpful. it. I love yeah. it. Uh, now I know you also have a newsletter, right? That, that's that you keep in touch. Tell us about that. Cause I think a lot of people are sleeping on the newsletter thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a newsletter for, for my, my, my first business new haircut. Yeah. I never really, you know, I, I didn't really take it seriously. It was just a way to keep in touch with prospective and existing clients. <clears throat> and then one day I realized that my newsletter had grown to like close to 20,000 people. <laughs> I, I made some really bad mistakes with that. I would unsubscribe people as we kind of like pivoted our business model. When I started this other venture, I was yeah. like, I realized how important it was to have that dialogue and have that mm -hmm. relationship in a channel that you own. It's one yeah. thing to do that on LinkedIn and, and Twitter and, and or X, but you know, as people no, call it, those yeah. are rented. Yeah, it's it's rented platforms. You have to like win over the algorithm to keep in touch. So that when I started this new venture, the one thing I wanted to do was really own that relationship. And I felt like email is still it's still sacred. Our inboxes are still sacred. And I like to write. I, I like, you know, so I, I I watched what a couple other creators were doing with newsletters. Yeah. And so the newsletter is kind of like the core engine of, of my new business. And I love it. I, I use a platform called Beehive. They make nice. it really super simple to launch different uh, newsletter posts and promote it. And you can monetize it. So that is a really interesting business model altogether. I, I like that you said that, right? You leverage your newsletter as your marketing channel to bring people in. Mm -hmm. They get to experience some of your products. You get feedback from them to see where they are. And then if they have a need for your bigger products, then you're able to offer that to them. Mm -hmm. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the flywheel, right? It's like, yeah. you you know, everything kind of like, um, I forget, I think Matt Gray, I heard this expression from, it's like one domino knocks down the next, right? So you kind of get people, you build initial relationships and trust of who you are, maybe on these discovery platforms like LinkedIn and X, you yeah. bring them into your newsletter where you give them like constant value week in and week out. And then when you have that product that you're going to sell them to, you announce it through the newsletter, you know, yeah. you get a percentage of the people that say yes to it. You can offer a community to them where you bring those people that bought the product into a space to learn and network with one another, you know, and it just kind of goes around and around. I love it. This is fantastic. Now to, to kind of wrap things up, right. You've been a business owner for years. You've seen the ups and downs in entrepreneurship. What are like the, what is that small biz tip you would share with any entrepreneurs or business owners that's listening to this? 
that, you know, just gathering it in, like, what is that one tip you would share with them? I think the, the imposter syndrome. So mm. if, if you're not a, a tried and tested sales practitioner that started a business, yeah, I think like, there's a lot of imposter syndrome that like, I'm not a salesperson, I'm not a marketer, but you probably know how to talk about the service that, that you're delivering. And if you can talk about it and you can write about it, then you mm. can create a newsletter. You can create a piece of content because at the end of the day, these toolkits and eBooks and courses, yeah. they're really just like well-packaged content, but I'd start really small, like start a newsletter, send it to 10 people on a weekly mm -hmm. basis, get feedback on it. Getting yourself in the practice of writing the ideas that you talk about and the topics that you teach or, or fulfill, especially if you can experiment on discovery platforms like, uh, like LinkedIn, writing is, is that like core fundamental skill that will really kind of propel you into all these uh, additional products. And then before you know it, the products are kind of doing a lot of the heavy lifting of the marketing and selling for you so that you don't get that big sales dip. That's awesome. Jay, thank you so much for sharing this. How do people get in touch with you if they want to join your newsletter, get some of those knowledge that you've been sharing? Yeah, my, um, come to come to the website. There, It's built on a newsletter. So you'll you, as soon as you subscribe, you'll get a whole ton of uh, some of the posts that I've already put out there. It's yourpassiveprofits.co. Okay, say, say that again. Just want to make sure people grab it. <laughs> yourpassiveprofits.co. Fantastic. We'll also add it in the show notes. Um, thank you for jumping on. Uh, thank Thanks you so for much. sharing those gems in terms of building that flywheel that a lot of us need <laughs> in our businesses. Yeah, and, man. Uh, guys, check him out. Check out his newsletter. It's pretty awesome. And have a good one. Thanks, Joubert. Cheers.